1: and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's head of events. And in today's episode, we'll be having a conversation with Stephanie Thompson, creator and host of the Brave Mama podcast, where we'll be getting into her story, the inspiration to start the podcast, the community that Brave Mama has become, and what she has coming up next. Stay tuned. And here we go. Hi, Stephanie. How's it going? Hi, Norma. It is so lovely to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Yes, we are so excited that you're here. And for everybody out there listening to the podcast, you're in Australia. You're Australian.
0: I am. I am. Yes, we are south of Sydney. We kind of don't let people hold that against us. When we say we're from Sydney, we like to say we're further south. It's okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's nice though, because podcasting is such an international community. And so to hear from some of our Australian podcasters is really fun. We try to include everyone here on Podcasting Smarter. So tell us a little bit about first you yourself, because The podcast obviously stems from your journey of becoming a mother, but you, you know, have some skills from your prior career as a teacher and, Mm -hmm. you know, that brought you into podcasting. So tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into the show.
0: Amazing. So yeah, my career, I had 20 years in our public and private education system here in Sydney. I thought as I was going into teaching that I would retire. As a principal or a teacher. And I was always along that journey. I was very passionate about my career. I love helping people. I love seeing transformation. I love seeing people absorb new things and make it their own and run with it. And then I just thought, okay, I've got the career, I've got the husband, I've got this, and kind of ticked off all of the life to do items, right? And there was just one thing missing I really wanted to become a mom. Now, our journey took five years before that finally happened. And so you can only imagine, I was so elated. I'm pregnant. Yay. It was amazing. The pregnancy itself was fantastic. And I'm, you know, one of those ones who had a very easy ride during pregnancy. Childbirth was something else. And ultimately, it led to me not being able physically to return to my career in teaching at all. And I guess what came next in terms of podcasting was a journey in itself, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, the show Brave Mama is really about moms being able to talk about how birth can be traumatic and and really a community that has spawned out of that, which is really incredible and we're going to talk about later. But for those who aren't familiar, tell us about the podcast and the show.
0: Yeah. So when I realized that I had something holding me back as in I was a mom and I was always told, you know, you should just be thankful. You finally have the family that you wanted, but there was something inside me. We were kind of living this hmm, secret lie that on the outside, everything was perfect, but on the inside, the physical injuries that I was living with were holding me back and, and were very they're debilitating, they're disabling. From being able to do the things that I wanted to do. Now, because we're talking about a really private part of your body, your pelvic region, it is very common that we don't really talk to anyone about it. After seeing a few doctors and specialists and surgeons, I thought to myself like, "How did I not know that this can happen during childbirth?" And then the second thing was, I discovered it was really common. Like Norma, I'm telling you, the injuries that I have, it's called pelvic organ prolapse. It can happen in 50% of our female population.
1: <laughs> wow. wow. Right? So this is really a silent, a silent thing. And, you know, podcasting is such an incredible medium because it gives voice yes. <laughs> to issues and to people and to stories that maybe weren't Traditionally given a platform. So it's so incredible that you, you know, really decided to take your story and start there. And so tell us a little bit about what the podcast, you know, has talked about because you guys are many, many, many episodes deep and there's really almost a like a community, but also a movement that you've created as well.
0: It is because when you do find out that it's so common, you think, well, how come no one's talking about it? I made the decision to write a book. I wrote a book about my journey because I thought if if I'm not the only one, there's got to be other women just like me suffering in silence and we don't need to be doing that. I, I guess as that's kind of where your advocacy role comes in as a teacher. You're always advocating for everyone. And this was no different. So I thought after writing a book, I was being contacted by women literally from around the globe saying, thank you for sharing your story. because. Mine is identical. This is happening to me as well. I have no support. I don't know where to go for help. So we kind of came together in a Facebook private Facebook group, and that's still running. But then I thought, well, there's no point staying private because if the people charged caring for us, like the medical professionals, the researchers, our government, if they are unaware of what we're actually having to live with on a daily basis, how are they ever going to improve it for us? How are they ever going to change it? Nothing will happen. If we say nothing, nothing will change. So then the idea of a podcast came about because we thought, hey, let's continue the conversations from our private space, from the book into a public space where people can be anonymous and just talk. And then they can share it. And then ultimately, we take it to the people who need to listen, who need to be providing women with the physical, mental, emotional support that we need right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of starting the show, I mean, it sounds like the Facebook group really kind of, you know, you had the community, you had the stories, and it was really about, okay, this isn't just about us. This is about, you know, helping everyone understand this issue. So that's really important. Um, And what was the process like of starting the show? I mean, had you ever podcasted before? (laughs) What was that like for you?
0: Never, never podcasted. And I think for anyone who is taken it from an initial thought of a podcast to actually launching a podcast, it feels like there's a lot of steps that happen in between. I will say that I was very lucky and privileged to have a university partner with me. It's the Swinburne University here in Australia reached out and they wanted to work with me. So I was blessed to have a team of five people supporting me to launch this podcast, which is why when you first go to it, there's there's a proper um, voiceover person, there's background music, there's you know really clear structure to our episodes and our formatting that came from the support from those people. When I look back now at the time, I thought, wow, I couldn't have done it without them. And then obviously, 2 years on i think i think anyone could actually do this you really could start a podcast very easily
1: yeah absolutely i mean this is what we tell people all the time at podbean like if you have uh, something you want to talk about if you have an opinion if you have a perspective you have a podcast so that's yeah. so important absolutely and i mean what would you tell yourself now if you went back to the beginning you know having never <laughs> having you know never known about microphones or recording or you know, scheduling episodes or interviews or things like that, what would you have told yourself back in the beginning? Do not try
0: and make it perfect before you start.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, so important. <laughs> we tell people all the time is because, you know, there's this idea that you have to be flawless and those podcasts Correct. exist, you know, they're, they're great. And usually, you know, we do have to say statistically, they have a lot of resources, whether that's mm-hmm. time or staff or budget, whatever it is. But the most important thing is your content. Absolutely. Yes. And the opportunity to
0: practice because no matter how amazing you are, even with resources like we were to start a podcast, I don't know about you, Norma, but I now go back and I can listen to the first episode and I cringe at myself because of the level of experience that can only come with constantly iterating, constantly going back and constantly practicing and talking to people. No one can actually teach you that. You've just got to go on that journey and continue to improve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's very common, I think, in podcasting. If you ask any podcaster to go back and listen to their first episode, <laughs> they'll be like, "No, no, 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 I'm I'm fine." <laughs> um, but it's definitely something where you know it's just the act of creating more episodes that's going to make you better. So, of course, mm. your first episodes are going to be different than yes. you know the episodes further down the track. So that's super important to remember as well. And, you know, I also want to ask how podcasting has given you a voice because, you know, the, the specific topic that you're talking about in terms of like traumatic birth and mm-hmm. just that very personal aspect of, you know, pregnancy and having kids and all of that, it's something where, you know, podcasting really has been able to highlight and showcase something that's very common, but not spoken about at all. So how has podcasting given you a voice? Mm.
0: I love that question because even though I wrote a book about my journey, I still had so many barriers and difficulty discussing these things even with my own mom and sister because it's much easier to write words on a page and send it out and then you never have to look at it again. (laughs) When you physically have to say the words out of your mouth It is that much harder. But in saying that, it is also that much more cathartic. Once you do it once, once you start those conversations and you realize, wow, I was carrying a bucket load of grief on my back and I didn't even know it. Because as you start talking and the tears are streaming down your face and and it all kind of comes up to the surface, you're like, okay, I have something to say and I need people to listen. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about my community. So while we kind of put it all together as the advocate for the women in our space, the voices are all a collective.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like there's also an element of healing, right? When stories are shared, when people feel seen, Yeah, it's so powerful. Yeah,
0: yeah. you know, our tagline is we we want to make women feel seen, heard, supported and loved because there is no kind of industry to support them. Like say, for example, right, you have injured your knee and then you see a surgeon and then you have rehabilitation and people can see physically there's something wrong with you and then they offer to support you. Oh, can I drive you or can I help carry your bag? But think about in your pelvic region, no one can see it. It is totally invisible. So, to the outside world, the rest of you and your body is, in quotation, normal. But what you're feeling internally is anything but normal.
1: (laughs) Right. So, it's really a hidden disability. So, bringing, you know, bringing that out of hiding is so incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, definitely. And I think also, you know, in terms of, that shared experience and helping people feel seen. Mm-hmm.
0: Community has
1: played such a big role in your journey, in your journey as an author, as a podcaster and brave mama. And you know, starting with the Facebook group, it's really something where it feels almost like community has carried um this, I guess, subject or mission mm-hmm. the entire way. So I'd love to hear from you in your own words about the role that community has played in the Brave Mama journey
0: yeah I don't see myself as the brave mama. I see myself as just the person who put it physically up on the screen, and then everyone else has carried me just as much as I have carried them. For example, in May last year, I had connected with one of our community members for since it began, so for four, five years, and in May last year, we met in person for the very first time. And to me, it was like meeting my long lost sister, <laughs> the connection is instant and it's intense because the things that we discuss and talk about are in a personal level that goes beyond even like your best friend. A lot of best friends don't even talk about this stuff. And so I have a photo actually of us embracing and even thinking about it now, it gives me goosebumps. I just am so, I'm actually you know how, I don't know, do you know how sometimes people say, oh, you need to take the positives from the negative? I can certainly say that that's true in this instance, because I have created better connections and relationships with other women that I never have had in my life.
1: Wow. Yeah. Mm. Just It sounds like it's just such a strong community. And it's also something where I think when people don't feel heard, you know, when there's other people whose story resonates with yours and who are advocating for a cause that personally affects you. You know, there's that that thread that really keeps people connected. So that's really, yeah.
0: Yeah, but l- yes, because so many women have said, I have gone to my doctor with these symptoms, heaviness, bulging, you know, bladder leakage, and I've been dismissed. That is so common. We hear it over and over again, in particular, male doctors or even female obstetricians who say, oh, it's normal. It's normal for women to leak after birth. It's normal to have this after birth. And now we say, no, it's not. It's common, but it's, there is nothing normal about trying to go on with your day and you weeing your pants. If, a man, if it was happening to a man at the rate that it's happening to women, it would be a problem and it would be addressed and it would somewhat, hopefully, be fixed. So we're changing that narrative.
1: Absolutely. So there's empowerment there, but then it's also advocacy, which I think is really important. And, you know, helping people understand that they can advocate for themselves and that they're not alone. I think that's such an important aspect. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, And what have been some of your favorite episodes to record? Oh,
0: you're like asking me which is my favorite child. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when you think, oh, well, I love the traits of this one, but you you can't say because, you, you know, you have to be impartial. However, there are a couple of episodes where I feel I walked out of my podcast studio with all the feels. And the one in particular, actually, funny enough, doesn't relate to pelvic organ prolapse per se but the transition to motherhood. And it was the season final of season two with Amanata, who was a refugee and she came to Australia and she thought she was very lucky because she was held captive in Nigeria as a teenager and she escaped. And so you think that that's her hero story. But in actual fact, we find out during the episode that her hero stories, her giving birth here in Australia, almost killed her, right? Wow, her transition to motherhood is just an epic story that I think it's important to hear from someone else's perspective and I will say quite often especially people who've never had children, right? You, you would probably get this advice, don't listen to horror stories. And pre-baby, I would be in that camp. I'm like, yeah, don't listen to negative, be positive, you know, all of all the things. However, you never read half a textbook of information. I think it's really important to hear both sides and read all the information, find out all that you can to then be better informed going into birth. Because, the, you know, that saying that, oh, we don't want to scare women, it's rubbish. Because even if you don't hear stories like Aminata's, which has an amazing happy ending, You know, spoiler alert, um, is that the fear doesn't go away just because you don't listen to it, because you know it's out there. So you just try and pretend like it doesn't happen. But deep down within you, you're like, yeah, things can happen in childbirth. Again, if you were having that knee reconstruction, you would find out all of the risks, all of the positives and negatives before you go in. And I think childbirth needs to be the same. You need to know positive negatives, risks for all elements of childbirth before you go in so that if for some reason that ends up being your experience, you're like, oh, I saw you coming. I know what to do here. I heard about this.
1: (laughs) Right. Or you can be aware of the risks. I think that's really important as well. Yes. Yeah. And giving voice, I think, to people whose experiences are, you know, maybe anecdotal or seem unique but aren't. So that's really important as well. And that's such a great example of of one of your episodes. And a lot of your episodes are interviews, which is great, but some aren't. So tell us a little bit about some of those educational episodes as well.
0: Um, I think what ended up happening was I realized, and this is part of podcasting journey for anyone who's starting. I read a lot of information before and wanted to make it perfect. And that I thought hour-long episodes were the format, like the go-to. I discovered as we went along the podcasting journey that, you know what, and as a mom myself, I don't always have an hour to listen to information. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do a little experiment and do a bit of a hybrid model. So basically what I decided to do was, um, so Norma, on a daily basis, I probably will get five to 10 questions sent to me via DM on Instagram. And I thought, why don't I collate them and create little short episodes to answer it? So the next time I get asked that question, I just have to share the episode. And there's the answer, right? Because to me, no message goes unread in any of our communities. And I respond personally to every single one. So as you can imagine, if you've got (laughs) 10 a day. So this is why I thought I created little 10-minute short tips and tricks on all the things that have helped me living with prolapse and the questions that have come in and answered them the best I can so that, you know, you get a bit of a mixture. You can listen to 10 minutes, an hour, I think a couple of them are an hour and a half, et cetera. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's something where, you know... Your your population, right? Your community, the the people who are listening, your listenership is a lot of moms. And sometimes moms have an hour and sometimes moms have 10 minutes. <laughs> so. mm-hmm.
0: And uh, uh, like our, our moms are anywhere from 18 years old up to 75 plus. So you really need to try and cater for a very wide range of group of moms because anyone listening to this right now, even if you personally have not had experience with prolapse, I guarantee you, your mom, your aunt, your sister, someone in your circle has. They just haven't talked about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you said 50%. So that's really Mm -hmm. incredible, that statistic. And I think it's also great in terms of listenership to be flexible. Number one, a lot of podcasts have, you know, a very specific formula and every episode is the same length of time, which is fantastic because it really trains your listener But I think in in your case and in a lot of other podcast cases, you know, there, there is something to be said for special episodes where you answer questions, where you engage with your audience in a different way, which is really cool. And I think also because specifically your community has, you know, so many questions and, Mm. you know, it's something where there's an educational component that's so important there. And also, you know, just to, to kind of connect with people, right? Maybe there's something going on that, They hadn't heard that other people were experiencing. Like you said, a lot of people feel really alone in that journey. And so it's something where just having that community engagement as well is so cool and so important. And like you said, those episodes are valuable because within your overall community, not just your listenership, but when people are engaging with you on social media, or if they're emailing you or anything like that, you you can say, Hey, we have an episode. This is totally broken down for you. And then as a creator... It really reduces the burden <laughs> it does. of communication. Yeah, you don't have to, you know, use the same type out the same thing every time. You can say, "Oh, here's our episode. Have a listen." You know, this is a really frequently asked question or something like that, so that people do feel heard in the community, such as yours, with something so personal. It's really important that people feel heard and that exactly. their questions are answered. But it doesn't drain you as a creator because it is a lot of work. To exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of work to create the podcast. You wrote the book, you know, having that Facebook group. And like you said, making sure that every message is answered and acknowledged and that the woman who has sent that message, you know, is, or the person, you know, who has given birth has sent that message. It's something where, you know, they, they have the opportunity to know that their question matters and that they matter. And so there is that component as well. And so, I mean, having the education there is so helpful for all of your listeners. Um, It's really, really important and I mean, you know, you guys are over 60 episodes deep and this is, you know, from everything that you've said, you know, it sounds like it's something that's not, that's not niche. (laughs) It's very common, but in terms of content, right? It is niche. niche. Yeah. Yeah, It's very, very niche. So to, to be 60 episodes deep in is really huge as well because, you know, you're, you're telling a very similar story a lot of the time, but it's different every time because of the person and the circumstances and where they are in their life and how they felt and, and all of that, so it, it's really incredible. And then also to add that educational aspect is is really important as well to to educate the community um, that you serve, which is really important.
0: Yeah, right. And here's an interesting fact for you: We originally were only going to do 20 episodes, one season, because I had created a like I'd written the book. We had actually. Uh, launched a short film and then the podcast was the next thing and then we're going to do the next thing, more uh, women's health literacy type stuff. But then when we got to the end of the season and people were wanting more and needing more, we're like, wow, you you can't just leave it there. If If the conversations need to continue, and it's funny, we had this meeting with our team earlier this year and we have an amazing team of volunteers who also have prolapse but also want to contribute and help in so many ways and I'm very grateful for them but I said to them ladies do you think we're done like are we done with the podcast have have we kind of covered all of the elements and straight away it was a no because there is so much it's so much more than just your powers it is the core and the central of the central part of who we are that leads to as we were talking off air our identity, our emotional, our head, our heart. So, and it, then it goes into our careers, who we are as mothers, our sickness. Right. Yeah, right. So it just, and it never stops. It carries you through to menopause and beyond. And so coming back for season three, it's really a no brainer. I think, you know, as long as people are needing more information, we're just going to keep doing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's something where you think, you know, a podcast may have a limited run, but the community says, no, 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 (laughs) we want more, which I think for every podcaster out there is what you want to hear. Oh, Totally.
0: (laughs) Yes, of course. You want to make sure that if whatever you're doing, especially passion projects like this, and because there's no monetization from this community, is that if as long as you keep needing it and you want it, I'll keep going. The day you said yeah. we're, we're good, then, you know, maybe we move on to something else. But for now, I think until, you know, I've got this, this carrot dangling, it's, she's seven years old and her name's Elsie and she's my daughter. And if I don't do something for my daughter by the time she's ready to have children, then I think this would all be for nothing. I need to ensure that when she's ready to have children, she understands her pelvic health she knows how to care for her body she can make informed decisions and she is not a statistic like her mom
1: yeah it sounds like it's really you know a passion project number 1 but also there's a lot of purpose there yeah and i think the community also drives that purpose as well which sure. is incredible it's it's something where you know the community that you've built and that really kind of has built itself around yeah <laughs> around brave mama and around you know your book and the podcast is it's really something where people, you know, are passionate and purpose-driven. It's really important. And in terms of people just getting into podcasting and people who want to tell impactful stories, mm-hmm. what are some tips and best practices you can offer for beginners and people who are just thinking about dipping their toe in? Like you said, you know, the thought of a podcast was just kind of like, oh, you know, we hadn't done this before.
0: Yeah. I think it's, it's probably a good idea to grab the little post-it notes, you know, the sticky notes. And really just write down every, like a brainstorming session, but a topic that could relate to your main topic. So for us, it's pelvic health. And we've niched down over time. When we started, we wanted to talk everything, periods to pregnancy, motherhood to menopause. And this is part of the podcaster's journey is that it's not niche enough. like So many women, every woman's going to go through periods (laughs) and menopause. And maybe pregnancy and maybe motherhood, but it's so general. So niching right down to pelvic organ prolapse has helped us grow the specific topics. I still do this. I still get my post-it notes out and say, right, we're going to be focusing on, you know, bladder leakage. What are all the things that come with that? Like, are there support garments? Are there other websites? Where's the education? What government bodies work, what a government body's doing. So that that way, you create a bit of a framework that gives you a map to a series or a season. Now, I don't know, you jump in here, Norma, but this could be controversial. For me, I like doing things in series or seasons so that you start, we batch record everything, then release one per week. Because as a busy mom, If something happens during the week and a child is sick or, you know, whatever it is and you can't record or you can't release an episode, not having that continuity, I don't think is optimum for, especially for mum podcasters. So therefore we choose to batch record and then release. So to make sure you've got enough content for a minimum of 10 episodes is where you need to start.
1: Yeah. I mean, those are some great tips. I think absolutely. And for every podcaster out there, don't be afraid of your niche, right? yes. <laughs> you know, cause there, there is a listener for your niche and, you know, you know, and so the idea that like you were saying, you know, it doesn't have to be this full, um, entirety of, what did you say? Like periods to motherhood to menopause. Yep. It doesn't have to be that entire journey correct? Um, for people who are experiencing that, but it's also something where you know, once you dive into your specific niche, right, you're able to serve your community better, right? Your community is people who are experiencing or have experienced, um, you know, pelvic distress around birth, right? And so Mm -hmm. everybody who fits in there is your people, right? And so when you broaden it out, those people may not the podcast may not be for them. And it also, they may not be served as well. So I think it's really important. Don't be afraid of your niche out there, podcasters. Because I mean, this is a very specific niche we're talking about today. (laughs) It's a very specific podcast niche in terms of all the content that's out there. And yet... Stephanie, you've really built something incredible out of this. So for everybody out there, don't number one, don't be afraid. (laughs) Don't be afraid of your niche. Don't be afraid that, you know, the community is too segmented. And also if it's a sensitive subject, know that you, there is a place for it. You can talk Mm -hmm. about it with dignity and with grace and inclusion in a way that's really important and adds value to people's lives. So that's number one. Um, and then number two, I would also say fantastic, Stephanie, in terms of that batching. So, like you said, every podcast is different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and upon launching, you know, we always say this to our podcasters here, Podbean, you know, make sure that you have a production schedule, you have several episodes pre-recorded. And depending on the goals of your podcast, having a specific season, batching everything in advance makes absolute sense. I've had podcasters say to me, you know, on and off the record, I have, you know, 10 episodes completed before I launched. I once had somebody say, I have a year's worth of content already. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like I have a year's <laughs> worth of weekly episodes. They're already done. So if I ever need to take a break for a month at a time, I can just do that. So I've definitely heard from multiple people, the different strategies around that. So that's really important, but just to make sure you set yourself up for success, right? Cause there's going to come whether you're yeah. a mom or you know, anything that you have in your life that comes up, you, you're going to want to take a break or a vacation at some point, or, you know, their pod fate is real. And that fatigue of showing up every week is absolutely real. So giving yourself grace, giving yourself that time to take a break is so important. And that episode number is going to be different for everybody. Um, oh, yeah, We do, we do recommend having a number of episodes. And also, like you said, you know, seasons are definitely a choice. Um, what's great about seasons are if you know that your show's not going to be a consistent, you know, every week or every, you know, twice a week or every month or whatever it is. It's really helpful because you're able to provide that consistency in the short yeah. term. And then you build up, you know, you build up that excitement for other seasons. So you're able to keep that community, keep them engaged, but also, you know, maintain your sanity.
0: <laughs> yes. And because a lot of podcasters initially start doing this for little monetization or zero, to have that will to keep going and keep going. It's yes. it, like you said, Pod Fade, isn't it? Seven episodes after. Isn't yeah, that- six, six
1: or seven episodes. Exactly. <laughs>
0: people kind of come, you know, guns blazing. Here we are. We've got these amazing podcasts. And then after the sixth and seventh episode, they're like, oh, what now? And then they go, oh, well, we'll just stop. And then people are already into it though. So to give you that longevity, To plan out, yeah, maybe even a year's worth of content. If you don't end up using it all, that's fine. And if you start broad and then niche down when you realize what your audience, who they really are and what they really need, that's fine too. Like, I love the saying, do it messy rather than trying to make it perfect. You're going to learn and iterate and your community will come with you and they will come and find you. You don't have to stress about
1: that. They will find you. Absolutely. And I think also, you know, what you said about, you know, finding your niche later, it's, it's important to know who your audience is. We talk about this a lot of Podmain and your audience avatar, but you're not going to get experience working on a podcast until you start working on your podcast. Right. (laughs) And of course, you know, you can, you can intern for other people or you can, you know, freelance if if you want to work externally, but to gain those skills, most podcasters are self-taught. Mm -hmm. And it's something where, you know, you are going to get better on your journey as a podcaster and your audience. It's also really fun for them to come along for the journey, which I think is really cool as well.
0: Yeah, I do too. I think that's why we've established such amazing relationships with other women because they've been with us from conception and they've grown with us and they've seen how we've done good things as well. And that's nice to be part of.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um and I just have one last question before we get into the fun ones that we ask everybody, but um sure. how do you decide which stories to tell because it sounds like there's so many women within the community that have these, you know, life-changing stories and sometimes they're of empowerment or struggle. Um so how how have you kind of, you know, decided which people you want to feature and which stories you're highlighting on the on the podcast?
0: Without sounding too woo woo I use my intuitive pull and I'm going to borrow that term from a fellow podcaster who her podcast is called the intuitive pull. Um, I was doing it before I even knew it was a thing. Is it when I see something or when I talk to someone, when someone connects me with someone, I'm like, I need to talk to you. Something is telling me that your story needs to be shared. And for example, that that lady, Amanata, in that last series, I came across her. When I was sitting in my hairdresser and she was in one of our our Australian famous magazines, there was a big write-up on her because she released a book. And I was like, I need to talk to this mom. I don't know why, because she doesn't have prolapse as far as I know, but I feel like her story needs to be shared and told for our community. And so I just reached out to her and that's exactly how I find people is just to say, hmm. There's something about you I need to find out more about. And then we've also had people reach out to us. Some are not a good fit because we don't want to be telling the exact same stories over and over and over again. I feel like our community is like, yeah, okay, we've heard this. We know this. So you need to be able to have some different angles for different things, I think, too.
1: Absolutely. And, um, you know, we've talked about this as well with past guests, when you reach out to potential guests for the show, what's your pitch?
0: I'm really honest. And I say, you know, I, I, I usually find them via social media. So I usually start a conversation in a DM on Instagram. They, Hey, I was just watching your reel. It really resonated with me. Can I ask you a few questions about it? Because um, the reels are 90 seconds. They can't tell you everything. But because I'm active in this space, there's a lot of people talking about pelvic organ prolapse and treatments and all the things. Like, for example, we had women in a Facebook group, not ours, but in another one, really talk highly of a particular surgeon who was fixing women with prolapse, and alarm bells went off for me. I was like, why? why why are all these women advertising this one particular doctor and I was curious. So I reached out to a couple of them and said, would you like to come and talk on the show about it? None of them. None of them wanted to talk publicly about him. And then I got suspicious. And then all of a sudden, they all disappeared. And so things like that, when you, I know it's a bit of a Russian doll story, but things like that, when you uncover some really dodgy stuff within our community, I think, okay, great. I've done my job.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there is that kind of like public safety aspect as well, which is really important. That's that's an incredible story. Oh my goodness. Um, Well, Stephanie, it's been such a pleasure. We ask everybody here on Podcasting Smarter the same couple of questions at the end. So where in your opinion is the podcasting industry headed?
0: Oh, I love that. I know where we're (laughs) headed and I think the industry as a whole, I don't know if it's sometimes because you're in that space, but more and more people I'm connecting with, especially here in Australia, because I feel like we're a little bit behind um, the US because they are more active podcast listeners already. We are coming on board as more podcasts come out and listening more as that Chosen medium, especially moms, because you can put the ear, earplugs in your ear, and no one knows what you're listening to. It's really private. And so we we you are adapting a bit later. So therefore, I think it's only growing. I think more people are tired of algorithms in social media spaces because to create content takes time, energy, and purpose. And then to put it out for an algorithm to maybe show it to two people is heartbreaking whereas podcasting when you've got something to say you create it people love it they'll keep coming back they'll subscribe they become part of the community and the exchange is equal it gives you energy to go and go, go and do more episodes because you know people love it
1: yeah absolutely and what podcasts do you like to listen to
0: oh i like pelvic organ prolapse podcasts there's not many there's only a couple but out of outside of my space i also like to listen to podcasts that are teaching people how to podcast like this one right another favorite of mine is grow the show by kevin schmidtland because his episodes are value packed full of information on how to improve your podcasting skills so yeah there's a there's a couple there but i also feel like even for us being in the brave mama space we are now looking into moving into a new podcast. And that's totally fine to have multiple podcasts in different spaces for different audiences.
1: It's fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, as podcasting grows, it's so interesting to see how shows evolve with the creators and then how creators evolve with different podcasts and shows and different properties. So that's really incredible as well. Um, yes. So we'll watch out for that. It's super exciting. Because you um, know
0: what, Norma, I feel like a lot of people come into podcasting with the wrong intention. Like, I don't know if you've you've heard a lot of people say, oh, I just want to monetize. I want to make this my day job. The transition is not always easy when you are, you know, through podcast advertising, et cetera, it, it all takes time. But I feel like the way I've been able to do it is to have partnerships and podcast partnerships, brands are also discovering the growth of podcasting and loving it. To work with a podcaster over an influencer has been an amazing journey. And I love that. And we're going to share that in our new podcast too.
1: It's very very exciting. I'm so we're, we're you're not we're not announcing it yet. You guys aren't announcing it yet, so Ooh. I'm not going to say anything. We can, we can. Ah, <laughs> we <know> we, but... <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah. If you want to give us a little bit of a sneak peek, that would be fantastic. I'd oh, love to. It. It's called podcast partnerships and
0: sponsorships. So we're going to be teaching beginning podcasters how to land their first partnership with a major brand to be able to fund the aspects of podcasting that they either cannot do, do not have time to do or the funds to do. So for example, I've used my partnerships to pay for my producer. So it takes a whole lot of time and a whole lot of pressure off me so I can just create. So things like that.
1: Absolutely. And we'll definitely be speaking more about that soon, which is it's such an exciting development. For you guys. And here at Podbean, you've mentioned monetization briefly, and we have so many monetization options here. So you totally can monetize big or small, um, but it is something where, you know, when you're working with a specific community and you're growing an audience and growing a community, it's not always helpful to be, you know, money focused first if it's so purpose-driven. Yes. So it's, it's yes. that's such an important aspect to remember. And we're so excited that you have joined us here today. Stephanie, we will have your links here in the show notes. We are joined here today by Stephanie Thompson of the Brave Mama podcast. Thank you so much for joining us.
0: Thank you, Norma. Bye for now.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Podcasting Smarter. If you have any podcasting questions or want to get in touch, send us an email at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Thanks so much and happy podcasting.